Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Art of Unraveling. I'm Erin McGuire. Today, I wanted to talk about something that happens when we are in a healing process. When we are into personal growth, when we're into spirituality, this is an issue that can come up. And I know I have a lot of you out there that will resonate with this, and that is bringing fixer energy to your healing work. So I saw this come up recently from an old pattern that I have because of how I was raised, where I have this reoccurring theme that if something happens with another person, I will automatically assume I did something wrong, even if I didn't. And it's, I don't really like come out and say that or anything, but it, my, my nervous system instantly gets triggered. I'm kind of in this amplified state and, you know, it's a bit of that people pleaser fixer mentality, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, this person must be mad at me. I did something wrong. It's all my fault. And OMG, right? <laughs> like I, it's, it's all me. Like that person had nothing nothing to do with the situation. They had, you know, none of it was their issue. It's all on me. And while it's really great to take responsibility for whatever you can in a human interaction that is unpleasant to some degree or another, please take your responsibility where you can. It's not okay to put all of the blame and fault on yourself, right? But as kids, we do this because we are egocentric as children. Up until the age of seven, we, we're, we're very egocentric. So anything that happens, we instantly make about ourselves, right? So this looks like, so what does it mean to be egocentric? That it means we believe, like up until the age of seven, we believe we're wired to, we're wired for survival, like in our DNA. So as human babies, we 100% have to have somebody else do everything for us. We can't, we literally can't even feed ourselves, right? So our survival, our literal survival, we can't change our diapers. We can't do anything, right? We can't go to the bathroom. So our entire survival relies on our primary caregivers or the people that we are around. Love is essential it's in our DNA. And so the brain does this really interesting thing. It makes us egocentric. What does that mean? It's that we believe people in our environment are the way they are because of us. So when they're happy, you're wired to think it's because of you as a child. So your brain might think, you might think, that's because I just told a joke. Or that's because I created this beautiful painting. 
And so parts of your personality are born because of that. I talked about this in last week's episode. So things that light people up around you, you think and you link to your own behavior. So sadly, the same thing happens when people in your environment are unhappy or dissatisfied. You link that to you as well. So we create a belief in our own deficiency and we do it to make sense of our own environment. This is what the brain does. We're we're wired this way. So let's say whenever dad comes home from work, he always picks you up and gives you a big hug. But one day he comes home and doesn't do that. He goes into the other room and you can tell that he and your mom are having an argument and he slams his fist on the table. You don't understand what's happening other than it makes your nervous system and body feel really icky. It's uncomfortable for you. We can't look into our parents' world in that moment and realize that dad just lost his job and that he's worried how he's going to provide for the family, including you, that what he's his reaction is coming from a loving place, actually, well, in a way, and not from one that is angry in some way towards you. However, you can't know that you just, you can't know that, right? And so it just feels uncomfortable to you. And because you're egocentric at that age, your brain makes sense of this by you beginning to believe there is something wrong with you or that it's your fault. Dad's mad because I spilled milk, right? And that's why he didn't give me a hug on the way in. It can be really simple things, you guys. I don't think people really understand how simple, simply, I should say, our brains can be wired. It could be one little incident. You know, for most of us, though, it was multiple incidences. But so we begin to to wire ourselves as if it's our fault that these things happen. And then we try to work really hard to make sure that those don't happen again. And we also wire ourselves to begin to think there's something wrong with us. We are meaning-making machines as kids. We take on our own meanings for everything around us. So back to my story about feeling like it was my fault right? This came up for me recently. It's all my fault. I did something wrong. I have a lot of survival mechanisms wired within me because of repeated exposure to being yelled at for different things as a child. My nervous system is very wired that we have to do things perfectly. We have to minimize punishment by just assuming that everything is our fault, right? Assuming everything is your fault, saying you're sorry, people-pleasing, overdoing, overgiving, and all of the things we talk about in here. And so my dear friend Julie really gave me some, she really put this into perspective for me because you guys, this is a deep one for me. It's deeply wired that it's my fault. You know, if somebody's upset, it's my fault just like how we talked about. So this goes back so far. It's my immediate response that I did something wrong because that was a memory that got implanted over and over again. So when someone is upset, I assume that I did something wrong. And this is because it's my autopilot. 
my nervous system literally, and I felt it this time. I felt it very intensely. I felt my whole body just, my shoulders almost raised up when I was in that state. I felt my, my heart beating faster. I was a bit panicky. Like I needed to talk to somebody about this. Like, did I do this wrong? Like, tell me, you know, and I felt, what else did I feel? Anxiety. I was in an anxious state. And the way anxiety feels to me is just like kind of a heightened energy around my chest, my heart chakra area, the center of my chest. It just feels kind of, uh, I don't know, you can't see this, but I'm kind of moving my hand back and forth. It just feels like like that kind of a feeling, like uh, everything's just more intense. We really want to start, that's from somatic experiencing, by the way, you want to, with Peter Levine, you want to start asking yourself, well, how do I know I'm experiencing anxiety? It's not to say you're not, but oftentimes we'll just say I'm anxious, but, but how do we know that? How have we labeled that anxiety? And for me, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like a faster heart rate. It's my shoulders are kind of going up. It's kind of like I'm preparing to fight almost. I get more reactive and I just feel this energy in the center of my chest that just feels like amplified, like electric almost, but not in a good way, in like a panicky kind of feeling. So when I was having this discussion with Julie, what I realized is that what I'm still doing that I brought up at the very beginning of this episode is that I'm bringing this fixer energy to my triggers. So if a trigger comes up and I recognized what it was, which you all know, that's step number one, right? Awareness. Having the awareness to know you're triggered and maybe connecting it to why. What about what just happened triggered me? And then, so I was very clear what it was. I'm afraid of messing up. I'm afraid of doing this wrong. I'm afraid of people being upset at me. Deep down, consciously, I knew everything was fine. But y'all, we're not in conscious brain mode when our system is activated and, our, and we're triggered. There's nothing conscious about that. We instantly are in survival mode. My nervous system felt threatened by this experience. And when I was able to put that into words, that was like a game changer for me. So I hope that that you take that and use that language. My nervous system is threat feels threatened right now. Just like an animal being chased by a tiger, your nervous system can go into that same exact state. I shouldn't say an animal, but just like you being chased like by a tiger. Right? Our nervous system can go into that exact same state. So what I want to leave you all with is back to, again, I've taken a few little turns here as I do in these podcasts. What I noticed after I brought the awareness and I connected and I knew what the pattern was, I knew what the deep core wound was, I realized I was still in this place of needing to fix it. Oh, there's that pattern. Or, oh, there's that core wound again. I got to go in and fix that. Okay, what do I do? What can I do to fix this? And that is almost re-traumatizing. 
Because what we need to do in those moments is to just be with the feelings, is to just allow them to be without judgment. Allow them to be without judgment, without needing to be fixed, trusting that it it came up for a reason and your job is to sit with it like it's your friend. When you can come down, when your nervous system can, system can come down a little bit, not in the middle of the trigger, but after the fact, because it's after the fact that our fixer self comes in and goes, we need to heal this. We need to fix this. We need to improve this. What techniques can we use? Let's gather more things and tools. And it's like, no, just be with it. There's a little wounded part of you that just needs some love and attention and, and validation. And, and to be told that she's safe or that he is safe. So I always like to place my right hand over my heart and close my eyes and just be with those sensations if you can. Be with the sensations even amidst the trigger. Be with the sensations. Be with the pattern if you recognize it. And just ask yourself, well, what do I need right now? Do I need to pause whatever I'm doing and go take some deep breaths? Do I need to call a trusted friend that gets this kind of stuff? Do I need to reach out to Erin and see if she can do a session with me? What do I need right now? But most importantly, you want to connect to your breath in that moment. Take some deep breaths with longer exhales. So inhale to the count of four. Hold your breath for a couple counts and then exhale to a count of six. The exhale is slightly longer than the inhale. That helps to turn on parasympathetic nervous system. You can also do tapping, you know, sometimes just tapping at your heart center, but really just, you know, getting in touch with your body, squeezing your muscles of your arm so that you're you're bringing awareness back into your body, like saying, I'm here, I'm home, I'm in my body, all is well, all is okay, there's nothing to fix in this moment, my nervous system just got activated, and I'm just, I'm learning how to calm it down. So let me know if that helps. I'm so curious. These are a couple of things that have been up for me lately, and Um, As always, I like to share that because I really share and teach through my own experiences. Obviously, I've studied all this stuff as well for many, many years, but it's really, I think we really learn from each other's experiences and living it viscerally, it allows me to teach it at a different level. I believe that it's very grounded in knowing, like I've been there, I have lived it. And I am currently and probably will always be learning how to work through and with my triggers and what goes on for me. Because once our brains have been wired for trauma, that's just how it is. It doesn't mean it's a life sentence, but it might mean that these things come up again. And so, again, bringing the fixer energy into that space just really isn't helpful. Because you know, what if there isn't anything to fix? What if it's just about getting grounded and being in the present moment, grounded in your body, being in the present moment? And when you find yourself out of that or triggered or whatever, it's just like, okay, what do I need in this moment to get back into my body and to take my awareness away from the problem 
Because also, here's the other thing that came through too. When we're in fixer mode, we're focused on the problem. And as long as you're focused on the problem, your powerful energy, because energy goes where your attention goes. So if your attention is like, okay, I've got to fix this. Let me Google 45 different things about this issue. (laughs) You know, let me, you know, go online and find some books to help me with this or whatever. As long as we're in that, we're putting a bunch of energy on the problem. And that is taking, number one, it's making the problem bigger because where our energy goes and our attention goes, it grows because whatever your energy is focused on, it's your, your, all your energy is going there. It's going to get bigger. So we're going to make the problem bigger in some way. And secondly, we take ourselves out of the present moment where your power actually lies. If you can get present and at some point after you've come down from the trigger, get uh, quiet and go within, you might even find some answers because you're connected to divine energy. You're connected. There's a part of you that is divine and you're connected to that energy of all that is. So you when we get still, when we get out of a triggered place, when we get present, we can access things we didn't even realize that were within us. So you have all the tools. It's just re-remembering that. It's just getting still enough to allow those answers to drop in. Ah, this was fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And if you want any more support on your healing journey, I do have some one-on-one availability at this time. You can go to my website, purelightwellness.com, and reach out to me there or find me on TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook at Pure Light Healing and leave me a message in one of those places. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope to have you back again very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.